Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Okay, well, welcome back to the podcast, Wisdom and Stuff. Uh, Amy's uh, here for the last time for this segment anyway. I'm sure she'll sure be back doing other things, uh, probably the same thing, knowing mm-hmm. her. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but uh, no, we, we pretty much said that all we could ever say about stewardship. <laughs> it's exhausted now. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, we'll get back into it today just about stewardship, and we'll talk about more about just the... Um, just kind of some steps we can take maybe or just um, uh, how do we how do we just make the break into getting into it how do, how do we make the break into shifting from a maintenance mentality into a true stewardship mentality of life or different things like that so um, anyway let's um, uh, so first thing I guess Amy what, what was I guess maybe one of the first things that you did or what was the, the one of the, the most effective tools that you had mm-hmm. to engage in stewardship all right yeah so um, I got into a lot of prayer. Um, we talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit ago, just praying out um, the blessing in my own personal time so that it was very natural to do it um, out when I was out and about in my day. Um, uh, but also just the principle of believing and speaking. So not only did I have that in my heart, um, but I was I was speaking from my heart into the earth. So sure. I did a lot of believing and speaking. You know, yeah. I'd, like I was saying a little bit ago, I'd be on my way to work just speaking out in my car, just yeah. as loud as I can, just because it was just coming out of my heart and I, I wanted it um, spoken by my own word, you know? And um, so believing and speaking is something that I did a lot. Okay, so now that's that's a huge point. Um, and, uh, because, you know, when I talk, when I'm teaching on prayer, I always want to talk about kind of like the two, two directions of prayer. And, uh, and we see this in Jesus life, but, uh, we see one direction of prayer is when we're, when we're talking with the father, when we're just talking with him and we're communing with him or fellowshipping with him, or maybe we're talking about situations that need to change or whatever, but we're talking with the father. That's one direction of prayer. Now, the other direction of prayer is when we're speaking for the father, yeah. when we're speaking into the earth. And I think a lot of times people don't use that. They don't understand that that's a big part of prayer. Mm-hmm. Jesus did not ask the father to heal anybody. Wow. You know, he never once said, father, please heal heal this person he just spoke healing Amen. you know and he didn't he didn't ask the father to calm the winds and the waves Amen. he just spoke to them he so so and, and he said you you speak heaven into the earth you pray heaven into the earth and so he was doing this to show people how to pray mm. you know and he was he was saying hey this is how it works uh you know when 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 he i, I think uh you know in in john like chapter 11 when he uh, raises lazarus from the dead um you know he uh he says when he walks up there he says uh, Father, I thank you that you that you've heard me and that you always hear me. And so he and he says, I'm only saying this because the people around, so they know this is coming from you. And so and that that is a huge indicator that he's already talked to the Father about this. Hmm. So he already had a conversation about Lazarus with the Father, and then he says, Lazarus, come forth. He wasn't asking the Father to raise Lazarus from the wow. dead. God already told him what to say. And so so this I, I think that's a huge point that you're making in. When we say the word confession, obviously a lot of times people get a, a bad connotation from that uh, because, you know, I, I know even when I got saved in the 80s, man, there was like a, 
a lot of weird stuff going on about confession. And it was because people weren't rightly dividing the word. Mm. And uh, and so then suddenly people just throw out the whole idea. And it's like, no, it's all the way through the Bible. You know, uh, the, the, the word says that he is the high priest of my confession. Wow. And, and that just has to do with what are we speaking into the earth? He used all of the prophets of the Old Testament to speak things into the earth. Mm-hmm. This is nothing new to God. He, 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 he utilized this from the beginning all the way up until, you know, the end. It's all about... Uh, empowering us with the Holy Spirit and then and then giving us words to speak because mm. we have authority in the earth. That's right. So this is, when you're talking about your own prayer time, then you're not just saying that you spent a lot of time <laughs> asking God for the blessing or talking to God about the blessing, but you actually spent a, a significant amount of time speaking the blessing into situations, right? That's exactly right. So most of my prayer life was not asking God for things. It was doing exactly what you just said. It was actually... Um, speaking the blessing over my day okay. and over right. the work of my hand and over my relationships, um, speaking from that place of ownership that I already have this and I'm going to yes. steward that blessing over the things that I do and over the relationships I have. And so I wasn't asking God to bless it. Right. I was actually blessing it by my words, That's by good. my heart, my words. Yeah. See, now, and, and people would almost think as heresy. Yeah, I you do. Know? Yeah, I hear and, that a lot. <laughs> I hear that a lot. I get that all <laughs> but, the time. <laughs> but uh, but it's, it's it's because we're taking ownership of things. Yeah. And so um, it says, you know, in the Old Testament, it says that Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Yeah, that's right. You know, he was a man. Yeah. You know, he wasn't even, he even born again. Isaac we blessed Jacob. Yeah, Isaac yeah. blessed Jacob. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was this blessing that goes from generation to generation to generation. And it is something tangible. It's something spoken. It's something that's distributed through speech. Amen. And, um, and, uh, and, and, and it's so tangible, like we've said, you know, in the Old Testament, it was so tangible that it was coveted. That's right. That it was literally coveted, and that and that when certain countries realized that, or certain nations realized that Israel was blessed, they wouldn't even have a battle with them anymore, because they'd be like, "No, you have the blessing of God. Okay, we're out." That's right. I mean, Solomon was so blessed that he says he hadn't he didn't fight one war his whole life, and that his enemies would come and pay him tribute, not to mess with them, because he was so blessed. And so this is this is where we have to begin to say, oh, if, if we should be walking in that kind of lifestyle, that's that's the the DNA. That's what I'm talking it. about. Yeah. <laughs> when I say blessing, that's right. what I'm. That's, that's, the, what talking that's about. the kind of blessing right. I'm talking yeah. about. So not people just, will pay me to stay yeah. away from yeah, me. Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's right. Well, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's another. Yeah, there's another, a whole another, another podcast. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, people uh, not not just when they sneeze. <laughs> We're not talking about you know God bless you, but. Um, but yeah, it is really this, <laughs> this 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 understanding that God has empowered us and caused us to not just prosper, but to steward that prosperity, to steward that blessing, and to do that, we have to take it and do something with it. You know, when when the when, in Matthew twenty five, when the master gave the talents to the three men, those men had to go and do something with those talents. They didn't. They didn't somehow send a courier to the master mm-hmm. and ask him every day, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? In fear of making a mistake, they had to say, oh, the master has entrusted me with this, and that means that he believes I have the ability to do something here. And and the the role in this is the value in God doing this is is that he is seeing the value in us as those who are kings and priests, those who will rule and reign with him forever, and he's trying to va- he's trying to draw that out of us. That's so good, you know. And so the value is not even in you know like what's what's interesting is like the the value is not in how much um, gain we get on the earth 
from our stewardship. Mm -hmm. The value is us learning how to rule and reign. It's so good. And so the value is not in, oh, look, uh, you know, I know I had five talents. I know that I had this much. And look, I lost two and I gained three. That's not even the value part of it. The value is we took the risk. The value is we identified with those, with with the same thing our master was doing. Mm -hmm. You know, because the guy who took it and hit it in the earth, he never once saw his master do that. Yeah, I guarantee you, yeah. the master never did that. Now, what they would say their master do all the time is go into town and buy and sell. Wow. They saw their master do that all the time. And so the the, the unjust steward was going contrary to what they saw their, his master do. Oh, he was going wow. contrary to the nat- nature of his master. He didn't have experience doing it, but he had the nature to do it. And so the two that were faithful and just, they saw something their, their master doing, and they uh, they identified with the nature of their master to go and do those those things. And so I think that's... At the at the, at the, the I think the value of stewardship is not in how much we do right and wrong. It's the doing. Wow. You know, it's the mm-hmm. actual taking ownership and the doing, and uh, and uh, so and so anyway. Just um, so with that though. So so you're saying that like when, uh, a big part of of uh, your life was just speaking the blessings over things. Now, once again, was that how specific did you get mm-hmm. with that? Yeah. So I I did learn that. Uh, with the blessing, I can be very specific over certain areas. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, I really, I, I laid the blessing very thick on my finances. You know, I was just, I wasn't going to live a certain way anymore. I just raised the bar for how I wanted to live financially. And so um, I knew that living a certain way was no longer acceptable to me. Yes. And right. so that kind of came up in my prayer life. You know, when I started to steward the blessing over my finances, I just covered it with the blessing of God and the nature of God. And honestly, like, because God was so involved and he, it was his DNA, his nature that was doing the blessing, it was just going through me. My finances actually, you know, they would, they would abound. I would get supernatural, um, um, financial blessings, um, something totally outside of the work of my hand. So totally outside of my natural income, they would just be divine. And it's because I knew the hand of God was involved. And I knew that it was going through my heart and out of my mouth, but it was the nature of God affecting my finances. And so it's, it's that same principle that I could carry out through other areas of my life, but I leaned very heavily on the financial side of it. And in our in our culture in in America anyway, we, you know that that tends to be a big, uh, uh, I guess maybe uh, I don't know focus I guess on our lives. It's one that hinders or limits a lot of what we do is just finances. And God doesn't want to be limited, and so He doesn't want us to be limited either. And uh, and with that, like when you're when you're speaking the blessing out over a certain thing. Now, once again, this is in partnership with God. And so this isn't just you coming up with an idea and saying, let me speak out a billion dollars. You know, this is uh, not that God doesn't want you to have a billion dollars because he does. But you have to do it in in conjunction with with God and the revelation you have. Otherwise, you're going to frustrate your faith. You know, you're going to... You're going to turn it back into the confession of the 80s yeah. that just became a, like the name it and claim it stuff. And and I am not opposed to prosperity in any way, shape, or form. I believe God wants us all to prosper exceedingly abundantly above all. I believe that Christians should be the richest people on the mm-hmm. planet by far. Uh, so it's not a matter of the amount. It's a matter of our faith of saying, okay, I, I know— uh, you know, in my in my in my life, I know that when I say something, I know when it's tied to faith, when it's not. That's good. 
You know, that's so I know when I know. when it, when it's tied to a wish mm-hmm. rather than faith. Yes. You know, and just because I have a wish or a desire for it doesn't mean I have faith for it. That's so good. And uh, God's will, I know. God already I already know God wants to take care of mm-hmm. that. But He's He's flowing through the portal of my faith. Mm-hmm. He's flowing through the avenue of my faith. And now, praise God, I can. I can surrender and humble myself and, and get into agreement with other people and join my faith with theirs. And God makes a way so that we're not limited mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but but being specific about even finances and being specific about, okay, uh, you know, and, and I, I think one of the biggest keys is, once again, like when Jesus said in John 11, he goes, I know that you hear me. I know you've always heard me yeah. here. And it means that he already talked to the Father about it. Yes. And so he didn't he didn't allow his words to be absent of the Father. That's so good. And I think that's a big thing. It's a relational thing. It's a relationship thing. This whole, everything is about relationship. Stewardship is not, is not anything but relationship expressed in the earth. And so when we... Uh, when we when we do that though, it's like okay, you know, what is the father saying about this? Wow! And so you know, and and he is he literally empowers me to have his nature to walk like him, and so I only do what I see my father do, mm-hmm. and uh, but I'm the one doing it. Yeah. And uh, and so I don't want it to be like, oh, I know what I need to do. I need to go and speak, you know, eight billion dollars into something. Well, not if you don't have that of God. Yeah. Go talk to God. You yeah. know, uh, talk to him about it first. Mm-hmm. I, I and I say this all the time. I am not equipped to speak into the earth. Uh, for the Father until I've first spoken with mm. the Father. Because I don't know what he wants to say. Yeah. And the Bible says in Romans, it says, I do. I never know what to, how to pray as I ought. I never know. Right. I have the Holy Spirit to help me, but I never know in and of myself because God wants to have heaven on earth. Yeah. And so, um, and so I know his will, but I have to pray out his way. And uh, so just knowing his will isn't enough. Yeah. I have to do it his way. Yeah. Because his way is perfect in yeah. everything. And so with that... Um, uh, so, so one of the points then is just getting it specific. Getting very specific. So, um, if it's about healing in your body or wanting to see other people healed, I'd say um, begin to steward that in your heart. Talk to God about it. Um, get the get the truth on healing for yourself, and and know it so well that you're not intimidated by it anymore. That there's nothing that can talk you out of it. And then when you're there, then you can steward. You know, then that that's where stewardship begins. And so when you are one with it, and you know that there's 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 no limit to the supply of healing, the healing power of God. And and be specific. So I often encourage people just to, um, when, when I'm talking about the blessing and I'm talking about stewarding the blessing, a, a lot of the questions I get are like, well, what do I steward? You know, right. what, what, where do I even begin? I say, I usually suggest, well, what are you passionate about? That's good. What that's exactly really good. is it that's really important to you to mm-hmm. see done in the earth? Is it healing? Is it a financial breakthrough? Yeah. Is it... Um, uh, uh, whole marriage? Is it walking whole with your family? You know, what is it that's already speaking to your heart? Because where your passion is tied is where you're going to find joy and reward and everything. And, and you're going to thrive off of that passion. And you're going to take that passion to God and he's going to use it. And so um, I just encourage you, if there's already something on your heart, um, let God use that. Yeah. And for me at the time it was finances, you know, and that shifts sometimes. Sometimes I'm thinking like, oh, I really want to, Oh, healing is so important to me right now. And I, I want to see people healed. And I'll just take the same principle and apply it to healing. So just be specific about it. That's really good. Because really, you know, our, our, well, most of the time, we get trained to be led by need. And our need is not necessarily where our passion That's is. That's good. And so uh, now God wants to take care of our need, but he wants it to flow through what we're passionate about. Yeah. And so 
realizing that that way if, if we can engage our uh, that that area that we're passionate about now one of the things that i found is because some people don't even know what they're passionate about you know they they, they we, we live in a world that once again squashes our passion and tries to get us to live a very mediocre lifestyle and, and it tries to get us to accept the mundane as normal and we are not designed for mundane right. we are designed for the kingdom of god that is limitless and is full of wonder and power and might and you know whatever but uh but we're not designed for for average we're designed for supernatural and so uh so to in, to to kind of find out even what you're passionate about and i tell people this every now and then uh sometimes that passion could be hidden in anger and um so in other words, what makes you mad? Uh, you know, like not, I'm not talking about people. I'm just talking about there's certain things that, that probably gets on your nerves more than most people's, <laughs> you know, and uh, that nobody else seems to notice. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute. Why doesn't it bug you? And people <laughs> are like, good. I never even noticed that before. Well, it's probably tied to something you're passionate about. Oh, yeah. It's probably tied to something you're called to actually change in the earth. And uh, and that's something like with me, I didn't notice it. I mean, I, I didn't notice this this principle right away uh, until much later on. But uh, but I'm a teacher of the word. And, and, and so uh, I, I one thing I noticed from a very young child is uh, ignorance hacks me off. <laughs> I can't stand ignorance. And it's not because I'm judging people. I, I just hate the fact they don't know things. Yeah. And uh, and so I'm not I'm not I'm, I'm not talking about stupidity or anything. I'm talking about ignorance where they just are absent of knowledge about something. And uh, even as a young young boy, I was oh, I hated ignorance. I it, it astounded me that people were ignorant. I and as a young child, I'm like, why don't people know things? You know, and uh, <laughs> um and it would really just just aggravate me and um and then, of course, I got saved, and boy, you know, I, I got saved, and I got about around a bunch of Christians, and then, I mean, that like that went exponentially high because I was like, "Why are these people <laughs> so ignorant?" You know, and right. I, I remember one of the first Bible studies I was in. Well, you know, it was after I was saved about a year or something, but I was in this Bible study, and uh, and I remember I had my little notepad and I'm writing notes, and and there was a question and answer time at the end of it, and I wasn't like a, I wasn't teaching it or anything. I was just sitting there, and so people had questions to answer, and their questions were making me so mad <laughs> and, I, and i wrote down on my little pad of paper i said my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge oh, you know my. and i was like i underlined it i had gi giant exclamation points and i'm like 15 years old and i'm hacked off you know and i'm just like that's, what is going on you know that's passion that's passion you know and uh <laughs> Uh, but I didn't realize that was tied to my call. Yeah. Because I was not at that time. I didn't even want to be in ministry. I didn't have any desire to be in ministry. I didn't. I didn't know anything. I didn't even want to know anything. I just wanted to just learn the word and just be in my little space. And um, but then later on, as and the Lord called me to be a teacher and everything else like that, and to do different things prophetically. But then later on, though, uh, I was just I was just t talking to God about it one day, and I was like, well, it's just I go, man, the father, the fact that you called me to be a teacher is so bizarre. And he's like, really. <laughs> <laughs> and then he pointed back at all these things. He's like, you've always had this. Oh, wow. You understand? We, he, he called all of us before the foundations of the world. And so even if you're not even saved yet, there's a calling, calling to people. But if you are saved, it's like, begin to look at things that really you notice that you think are unjust or not right or mm -hmm. just need to be changed. And maybe nobody else is that that passionate about it. Yeah. It's because that's tied to your call. Yeah. It's tied to your you're in the earth to change that. Yeah, that's good. And so that's where you begin to steward. Mm -hmm. That's where you begin to change things is what you're passionate about. So I think it's it's a, it's a, it's a huge key. If mm -hmm. people say, well, where, where do I begin? Oh, there's something. Yeah. You know, I could probably start pressing buttons and you'll find it pretty quick. That's exactly things right. Things that you're like, oh, I hate it when this happens. <laughs> you know, and it's not about, <laughs> it's not about, 
it's not about changing people. As far as you, we don't, we're not praying against people or speaking into people. We're speaking into principalities and powers. Yeah. We're speaking into things that are governing people, so that the people could come to the truth. Mm-hmm. People are not our enemy. You know, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Uh, but but we are here to change the construct and the paradigm, and the the, the things are influencing people yeah. and and allowing them to come to who they're supposed to be in Christ. Uh, even though we might think it's about people, sometimes it is not about people. <laughs> even though I was blaming people for. <laughs> ignorant it was not their problem it yeah. was it was it was a spirit of ignorance that yeah. was on people so anyway uh but yeah just that passion that's a huge key to it now um with that kind of want to shift a little bit because i want to get into this before we have to close up but uh um so uh to get people into even even like we talked about last time um the at the end of the segment last time we were talking about that we are here to steward heaven into the earth yeah Okay, so that that requires a shift in thought. That's right. Right, and so as you were talking about, like even um, um, one of the things I wanted to address real quickly was as you were talking about, um, uh, you know, praying over your finances, speaking over your finances, speaking over healing or whatever. Uh, I think one of the things that we need to make sure people know is that they don't have to be perfect in that in that arena to steward. That's exactly right. Because otherwise you get too condemned. Oh, yeah. And, and we just think that... <laughs> I we, would give up so fast. Yeah, right, yeah. And I'd be done today. I'd be like, <laughs> we're, we're going to hit the pop, stop That's button right. right now and never even do anything. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and not that, not that perfection is not our goal because that really yeah. is what we're called to walk in is perfection. Yeah. But... God didn't, uh, you know, he, he didn't intend for us to yeah. get perfect before we steward That's perfection. Huge. I remember the very, the, I mean, the very first few days I started to talk about stewardship and think about stewardship. My prayer sounded a lot like, God, I have no faith. What am I going to do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have nothing to offer you right now. Yeah. Um, but that's where it began that's what, is yeah. me knowing I, I felt disqualified, yeah. but knowing that I'm, I, there's still something on the inside of me that knows it's, it's here. It, my purpose was to be there stewarding the very thing that I felt disqualified to steward. And it's like, my prayers just sounded so weird because I felt disqualified, but I, I knew that I was supposed to do it. So yeah, um, definitely, Definitely, <laughs> definitely don't have to be perfect to begin. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And it's funny because even that, like passion, the things that we're most passionate about also can be the things we're most condemned about. Yeah. Because we feel the most guilt about not walking in something. Oh, yeah, that's good. And so we need to look into that and say, well, maybe that's what we're supposed to be stewarding. And so that's what's trying to hold us back wow. is that guilt. <laughs> and, um, and you know, it's like a flip side of passion type of thing, you know. Uh, but it's, uh, but it, it, I, I think, you know, we, we need to realize that we don't need to be perfect in it to steward it. Yeah. We just need to start stewarding. Yep. And, uh, and God is not waiting for the experienced person to steward something. He literally gave the five talents and the three talents and whatever, uh, the, the, the one talent to, to the people who had no experience, you know? And so he didn't, he didn't give them based on their experience. He gave them based on their ability, but not their experience. Yeah. And so that's, that's what we need to realize is whatever God's given us, the, 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 you know, he gave it to us and in his giving it to us, he has, he has pronounced our ability. And uh, so, so you know, if because so it says that he gave it several to, to according to their ability. Wow! And so that means that if I looked at the guy with the five talents, I didn't know nothing about him, and I knew that the that the the master gave him five talents, I'd say, oh, he has the ability to to produce five. Yeah. 
based on no experience other than he was given five. Mm. And so he gave him based on his ability. Mm. And so whatever God's given you is based on your ability, not your experience. And yeah. he wants to draw that ability out. Wow. And um, and so we get condemned because we haven't we haven't seen the ability yet or we, we think we're limited because we haven't seen the ability. Wow. Well, that's the reason why he gave it to you. It's to draw the ability, the ability oh, out. Goodness. So, <laughs> so <laughs> but... Uh, um, uh, so even with that though, just just kind of I want to just reach out a little bit here because knowing that we're supposed to steward heaven on the earth, that means that we cannot let the earth define what we steward. Yeah, heaven has to define that, right? Yes. So uh, so um, so like need and, and and you know desire and our past and our culture and all these things, even even the even the need to overcome ignorance doesn't determine what I steward. Yeah, I steward the wisdom of God mm-hmm. that looks nothing like ignorance. Wow, yeah. And so it has doesn't have the same DNA as ignorance. Yeah. So I can't steward against ignorance. I just steward His life. Yeah. And and uh, so with that though, I think one of the one of the things I, I wanted to, to briefly touch on is. Is uh, like you talked about being in your prayer time and 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 like stewarding, you know, laying hands on the sick yeah. or doing well that that requires your imagination. Yep. Right. Yeah. So because you're not doing it, you know, in the physical realm, but you are doing it in your heart, mm-hmm. and so th- it tells me that that God gave us an imagination to picture ourselves doing something we haven't yet done. That is huge. Right? Yes. And so, um, so I don't know. I mean, it, was that something that you found yourself, you know, basically yeah. doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, because up until that point, I was only um, operating to, like, um, I was only operating by what I knew I had and what I knew I could do. Mm-hmm. And so until um, uh, heaven came in <laughs> to my heart and had context, um then I was still limited. I was still thinking, well, I can only do this because this is what I have. So I had to break that. And I had to say, well, can heaven define what I'm stewarding rather than my bank account? That's good. Can heaven define what I'm stewarding rather than my physical body defining what I'm stewarding? Because if I don't feel well, I'm not naturally going to want to go pray over someone who's sick. It's like, well, I have to imagine, you know, um, heaven invading my body and the earth. And so, yeah, I definitely had to like break my mind a little bit to allow heaven to come in. That's good. And see, and that's what I, I understand that we can have vain imaginations. Of course, the Bible talks about that. But if I, if I can have a vain imagination, I can have a sanctified one too. Yeah. And so I don't think people use their imagination nearly enough. And, uh, and like Andrew Womack has some great teaching on imagination and, and it just does a great job with all of that. I encourage people to go out and, and, and he has like a 26 part teaching on it. It's, it's a phenomenal, but, uh, um, but I, I think using our imagination, that's where we practice. Hmm. That's the practice ground. Yeah. You know, and we want to bridge the gap that we don't want to leave it in our imagination. We, we don't want to leave it there. Mm. We want to, we want it to start there, but it needs to come into the real, in, into, into the tangible realm on the earth. Yeah. And, but it begins in that imagination until it becomes so real in our mind uh, it's not a fantasy anymore. Mm-hmm. See, see, imagination is is literally like fantasy is the counterfeit of imagination. Fantasy is where we picture something, but we don't actually picture ourselves having a role in it. Yeah. And so it's like it's like it's like uh, like superheroes in comic books. It's like that's a fantasy mm-hmm. because. In order for us to be involved with that, we have to be vastly different. Yeah. You know, we have to have superpowers. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be 
come from a different planet or get bitten by a bug or something like this. <laughs> and then suddenly we are in this fantastical world where we have superpowers. That's a fantasy. Yeah. Because we have to picture ourselves so vastly different to actually incorporate with that wow. world. But an imagination is different. And imagination is when we say, okay, God, who did you create me to be? Let me picture who you created me to be, even though I haven't experienced it yet. Wow. And this is who I am right now. I am in the likeness image of God. And so I begin to imagine my role in this world not having to change a ton, literally just tapping into who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's a different from fantasy. And so fantasy and imagination are very, very different. Um, but imagination, God wants us to begin to express our imagination and say, let me picture myself laying hands on the sick. Yeah. Let me picture myself. Andrew Womack talks about that. Where he, he pictured himself raising the yeah. dead over and over again, yeah. like 47 different times. Yeah. He, he pi- and then his son died. And he had to go raise him from the dead. Oh, my God. And, uh, and he right. said that it was no big deal. Yeah. He literally walked in knowing it was already done because he had imagined it like 47 yeah. times. Yeah. And so he had practiced it before mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. And in the game, it was natural. Exactly. And so, but that, that begins in our imagination. Yeah. And then we allow that, we, we, we don't keep it in the realm of fantasy or imagination. We say, oh, it, but this imagination is true. That's good. You know, you have to picture yourself walking on water before yeah. you walk on water. You have to do all these things. Yeah. And, and just going back to being very specific about what you want, you mm-hmm. know, I had to picture myself um, being the steward of millions and millions and millions of dollars. And the more that I did that, the more natural it felt. Yeah. And so if someone ever asked me for anything, I'd say, well, of course, <laughs> of course I could do that. <laughs> of course I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> There's no question um, because it's become so real to me. And I, I'm so used to handling it. I'm so used to managing it. I'm so used to talking about it that it's, 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 it's like my first nature. So it doesn't intimidate me anymore. Yes, that's right. And that's um, right. I just pictured myself doing that. I pictured myself giving away millions of dollars. I pictured myself giving away resources to whoever wanted it, whoever needed it, just because I wanted everyone to be so abundantly full in that area. And I knew that it was going to flow through me. And I'm like, well, unless I picture myself doing it, I'm going to be uncomfortable with it. So Yeah, and one of the ways we can bridge that, because once again, you can say, well, I picture myself doing these things, but it hasn't happened yet. Then what, one of, I think one of the ways that we can bridge that gap and actually like the next step in that um, is uh, we picture ourselves doing it, but then we begin to pray for people in the, you know, just in our own prayer time and, and stewarding things into their life in prayer that are much higher than what we have experienced. Yeah. And so... But we steward it in such a way that we take ownership of it and we say, like, okay, I totally believe that I can I can steward these things into their life and pray it out until you know it's real. Yeah. Until you don't have to pray anymore. Yeah. Until you're like, oh, it's a done deal. It's not even an issue anymore. And now it, like I said, it begins in a, in, when we begin to imagine ourselves doing these things, but then we actually steward in prayer. Yeah heavenly resource into people's lives and i mean i've done this time and again where where i know when i'm done praying because i feel it yes and it's like oh it's done yes i don't have to say one more word Mm -hmm. and for me to say something else is is lack of faith yeah because god's already settled it it's already been done yeah i mean jesus literally spoke one time to lazarus and he came out Mm -hmm. he speaks one time to fishes and loaves he speaks one time to winds and waves he wasn't confessing a thousand million times he had communion time with his father, and then he spoke once. Yeah. And that's that's kind of that that that's really our role in this life mm-hmm. is like we. He said, if you can believe with a grain of mustard seed, you can speak to anything yeah. and it will obey you. Yeah. And you can have whatsoever you desire. That's right. You can you can you can nothing will be impossible oh, to you. Yeah. And he's saying, this is who you are. Oh, this is your yeah. role on the earth. But I think part of it is. We start out in that imagination realm, seeing, picturing ourselves <laughs> doing it, walking through the plays, as it were, in the playbook. But then 
actually stewarding it into people's lives in prayer. Yes. Because honestly, sometimes it's a whole lot easier for us to believe for others than for us. Yeah. You know, it's like, because, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, to pray for somebody else, my emotions are not yelling at me. You know, <laughs> the circumstance isn't yelling at me when I'm praying for somebody else. Yeah. So I can sit there and be easy faith. I mean, faith is like easy. I could pray so much for somebody and have mountain moving faith and do the whole thing because I don't have emotions talking to me about that. Yeah. And we have to be real about that, you know, and be like, oh, well, you know, but I would rather do that than do nothing. Yeah. And, and, and the more I do that and I see the result in their life through prayer, that builds my faith yeah. Yeah. even for myself. Oh yeah. And so and I just I think there's some some very tangible steps that we can take yeah. in just stewarding heaven, actual heaven, actual, actual heaven. something that the earth can't explain. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. I love that. Something that the earth has no context for that they cannot explain, that they can't say, well this happened because of this. <laughs> no. God. That's, that's the right. only answer. And that's what God wants in the earth. Yeah, it's right. something that is unexplainable to the earth yeah that they literally it confounds the earth yeah. and it stops the mouths yeah. of of everybody who yeah. thinks they have an answer and this is how the impossible happens yes i mean when you're talking about imagination and talking about the things in our imagination that can't happen naturally that's a supernatural thing but we build it up in our imagination and we it becomes such a reality to us we start seeing the impossible every single day all the time all yes, the right. time yeah. and people who who maybe aren't renewed or don't agree with you, they start seeing your life and they're going, what is different about you? <laughs> why? <laughs> they start asking these questions, how and why and what? And uh, it's it's heaven. Yeah. It is. And that's, I, I, I know we need to wrap it up, but, uh, but I think that this principle, once again, I always like to make it very real for people in, 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 the, in, in, in the fact that this principle is not foreign at all. It is our first nature. Yeah. And this, the principle of turning the unseen into the seen is our first nature. And, uh, and we see that all over the place. Steve Jobs did it with the iPhone. That's right. You know, the Wright brothers did it with the airplane. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's anywhere, anything I use today uh, in this modern world was first in the form of imagination. Yeah. It was in the unseen. Somebody believed in the principle. They began to, to think about it imagine it they begin to th- to talk about it they begin to invest time and money into it they begin to actually go past what the naysayers were saying and they pioneered something into the earth that now changes the culture that's right and that's our role yeah that when we're stewarding something our role is not just to prove that we're prayer people it's just to, to change the culture yeah. to invite heaven into the earth in such a way that it literally shakes how the earth thinks things has to be that's so you know good. and and uh, where we say the dead don't have to be dead, and fishes can can, can multiply yeah. at any time, and yeah, you know, we can make the the sun stand still for a day, and we can do this, we can do that anytime we want, yeah, uh, by the hand of God, and it it's 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 it totally unreasonable to this world, but it's totally natural to our kingdom. That's right. So yeah. Okay. That's the blessing. <laughs> that's the blessing. And that's, that's stewardship. stewardship. This is that easy. <laughs> it's no so easy. <laughs> yeah. It is easy. It is our first nature. Uh, and all we have to really do is just begin to press mm-hmm. in and yeah. say, okay, what is currently available to us? Yeah. And, and believe that we're worthy of it because yeah. we're children of God. Yeah. It's like breathing. And it is breathing. It's just, yeah. It, it, no works, no striving, right. no trying to produce it. It's that's just, right. it's our first nature. It's the most natural thing to us. Yep. Yeah. Well, praise God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this time. And we just thank you for what you've done in this time. We allow this to go in on good ground. We allow it to be on hundredfold hearts. We thank you, Lord God, that we, as children of God, are pioneering and stewarding heaven into the earth. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.